All right. Welcome back, everybody. How's it going? It's Reese and Will here again with What Does the Bible Say About That? Um, last time we talked about God's purpose. You know, what does the Bible say about God's purpose? And we talked about, you know, the potential of getting into some of the other aspects of God's purpose. So I think that's what we're going to do today. It's kind of part two of what does the Bible say about God's purpose, um, but with from a different angle, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're looking at, I mean, well, just as a review, you know, we talked about the marriage, you know, mm-hmm. that this, we titled it Divine Romance because the Bible begins with the marriage and ends with the marriage, and so we kind of see how we connect those dots. Yeah. Briefly, and then this time... Our topic is yeah. God's building. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, um, well, basically at the end of the Bible, there's there's a building. It's the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But then at the beginning of the Bible, where do we see that? I think that's kind of what we want to address today, right? Yeah, the, I mean, the, I guess the angle we kind of take when we're looking at what is God's purpose, what is the divine plan, what is he after, we really want to see it at the beginning and end of the Bible because yeah. that's kind of shows you that it's an original thought before even the fall of man. And then it's accomplished. And so, yeah, I think this one's a little bit more maybe obscure or harder to see at the beginning than Adam and Eve with, you know, a picture of the divine romance. Um, because this time it's not a building on both sides, but actually in Genesis 2, you see the um, the materials, the what the building is made out of, but it, they're just scattered, you could say. Um it's a couple of verses in Genesis we'll read in a minute that um, I guess, I, I don't know about you, but I've always read over them growing up. Like For sure. How does, how could this have any significance? But um, yeah, every verse in the Bible has significance. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're sure, I mean, are we starting in Genesis? or? Yeah, do you want to? Sure. Yeah, okay. what, what are the verses? Uh, it's in Genesis 2, somewhere in there, like verse 11, maybe. Okay. Looking for it here. Okay. This is talking about the rivers. Yeah, 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 the rivers. Okay, I'll start in verse 10. How's okay, that? okay. A river flowed out of Eden <clears throat> to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first was Pishon, and it was... It, <laughs> sorry. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Hivala, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Yeah. Should I keep going, or is that it? I think that's good. Okay. Um, So you caught, there's three materials sort of mentioned um, there with the rivers. You have the gold. There's the gold there. Then there's delium. And then there's onyx stone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are actually really significant in the Bible. And actually, I'll mention too, there's there's a lot, I mean, there's so much significance in the scriptures that a lot of times we just read over. Um, but you have to, I was actually talking with someone recently this week um, about the need to just really dig deep when reading the word, to pray over verses and consider them in light of other scriptures to see how they relate so one big one here, you have this one river that splits into four. Um, and you see that this is actually significant. Yeah, what is that? 
well, you know, God is one. One in the Bible typically represents God, right? Jehovah, your God is one. Um, but four in the Bible represents creatures, like the four living creatures, right? They okay. have the four in Ezekiel. faces in Ezekiel okay. or in Revelation. And so four represents crea- the creature and one, the creator. And so this is God, the creator, flowing out to his creatures, which is a thought that progresses throughout the whole Bible, too, of God reaching man. But um, that's not what we're going to focus on here. Sorry, that was a little <laughs> bunny trail. But there are three materials here that we need to get into and what they mean and trace them through the Bible um, because they're part or a picture of God's purpose. And that is gold, delium, and onyx stone. So, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, have you gotten into these materials before? No. I mean, I, I'm thinking of a couple of verses where it talks about building. Okay, yeah. Um, but as far as these materials, I can't think of specifics. Okay. Yeah, maybe I could, I could get into that a little bit. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, you know, we're not going to just follow those materials. God's building is really what we're talking about here. This is kind of just a small picture of it. Mm-hmm. But there, the building in general is throughout, and so that'll be good if we kind of trace that more in detail. But gold diamond and onyx stone, I'll just really quickly go over it. The gold, gold in the scriptures always represents the divine nature of God, especially like God the Father. Um, I know there's a verse in Job. Do you remember what it is? It's like Job 25 something. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure. It says God will be uh, your gold nuggets. Your gold nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. It's, uh, or it's, is it 15? Where is it? Well, if somebody finds it, you should please comment in the podcast. We should have had this ready. I mean, we're just kind of going off the cuff here. That's how we like to do it. But I think it's 25. We'll, we'll look it up while I keep going. So the gold, I mean, the tabernacle is made of gold, showing that it's like holy and it's like God. Um, gold is throughout the whole scriptures, like showing God his glory. Um, so gold is, I mean, I think a lot of Bible scholars agree that gold is significant and means God. Um, but, uh, delium is the next one and delium is a little bit more interesting because I don't think most people have heard of delium I, I haven't. or what it means. If you look it up in the J- Jewish dictionary, I remember I did this once. It talked about it's a pearl like substance. Um, and a lot of people disagree with what exactly it is, but that it is a pearl-like substance is pretty clear. And there's actually this one um, part in the Bible. Oh, Alex is here. Alex, you want to join the podcast? Sure. <laughs> All right. We're talking about guns. Our first guest oh. in the podcast. Hello. Yes. Alex, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Alex. <laughs> uh, I live with Reese and Will. Yes. So, um, so we're talking about God's building. Oh, great. Do you have any verses to help us show what delium means? What what means? Delium? No, I don't. Okay. So I, we're looking at, just to catch up to speed, we're looking at the verse right now in Genesis where the river, mm-hmm. talking about the one river splits into the four. Right. And you have the three materials which Reese is getting into because uh-huh. I, I don't really know the verses. But it's, <laughs> uh-huh. it's uh, gold, silver. No, no, no. Gold, delium. Oh, sorry. And onyx oh, stone. Onyx, yeah. yeah. Did you get the gold yet? Do you have it? Uh, well, I'm looking. Oh, okay. What's well, it? Right. Okay, so delium, I need you to turn to a verse. This one will... This one will blow your mind, Alex. Okay. Go to Numbers 11.7. Okay, go in there Easy now. one to remember. 7.11, flip it around. Uh, numbers 11.7. I 
read it once you get there. Okay. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance was like the appearance of delium. Yes, the manna. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. is the manna? The manna is Christ. Yeah, that's right. I mean, John 6 says that clear as day, right? Mm-hmm. I am the bread yeah. which came down out of heaven. Yeah. You know, your father's ate of the manna. Mm-hmm. So delium represents Christ. Oh. Right? It okay. is. It, it says that the manna looks yeah. like delium. You yes. can't find delium much in the Bible. Uh-huh. So gold represents God, the Father, and his divine nature. Right. But delium represents Christ, like the manna. But it's also significant that it's a pearl-like substance. It talks about that, and when you look up what actually is delium, it's a pearl-like substance, okay. a sap from a tree, but it's pearl-like. Okay. And pearls are actually um, very significant in the scriptures. Do you do any of y'all know how a pearl is made? Uh, well, my brief knowledge is like it's... <clears throat> so it's, it starts off as a piece of dirt, right, or dust? Yeah, yeah like sand. Sand, and then it mm-hmm. gets put in the clam. Yeah, it slips into like an oyster or... Oyster. Yeah. I, guess, I don't know if clams can make pearls. Maybe they could. Oyster for sure, yeah. Okay, and then and then like... Uh, so like you have... Um, you have like the... the uh, there's like this chemical, right, that gets released. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the sand, a grain of sand... It gums, like yeah. cuts the tongue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Alex knows. And then it like irritates the oyster, and so the oyster secretes this yeah i don't substance. know what is happening uh <laughs> yeah and uh anyway from there i'm not super sure but it forms somehow that piece of sand into a pearl through the substance yeah. that it secretes okay so what does this have to do what well, is you, this? i mean do you know alex you probably know right uh i a little bit i'm unsure about where you're going with this so uh, <laughs> I'll let you take. I'll I mean, that's. I mean, off. you're saying. I mean, it's like super yeah. significant. Yeah. Like well, how a, a just a piece of sand mm-hmm. can become like this precious stone. Yeah. Just from having another substance added to it. Exactly. And so we are that irritating piece of sand, <laughs> that annoying thing, and actually the Lord, you can say, is the oyster. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. cut the Lord. Mm-hmm. Humankind rejected the Christ, and you know you could say cut him. Mm. They cut him right there, the yeah. one that they pierced in mm. Zechariah and Revelation. Right. And then, but through the piercing, actually we talked about this last week, something came out that forms us into something precious. Yes. And so we pierced Christ, but then out from that came, like the oyster, it spreads this like life juice thing that just surrounds the sand coat by coat until it's a precious pearl that's worth a lot of money. Um, and so this is Christ, um, being crucified and then making us into something. Anyways, we're getting really into delium, but delium represents Christ. Anyways, um, you can tell that easily from the manna, but the oyster is kind of a more fun way to look at it. The way that the oyster reaches the sand. Yes, exactly. Well, I have the verse for gold. For gold. Okay. So, uh, this ESV translation doesn't specifically say nugget, but it is pretty clear. Okay. Job twenty two twenty five says, "Then the Almighty will be your gold." That's perfect. I don't nugget kind of throws me off. Yeah. So I like that. No. The your, Almighty is your gold. He the is your Almighty gold. Almighty is your gold. So that's clear, right? The Almighty is gold. Christ is delium, and then what is onyx stone? 
Well, if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably the spirit. Yeah, you only got one left in the Trinity. So. Oh, we're going off the Trinity. Yes, yes. Where was I at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, so onyx is... I mean, what is onyx stone? I don't know. Is it black? <laughs> Actually, I don't know what color it is. I think it it's is. black. Is it a black stone? Yeah, anyway, the I point is, it's, it's a type... I mean, the, the gold, gold is pure. Right, okay. it is something pure in and of itself, and it actually can't be formed on Earth. It's our, it's our, it's already found. We have a limited supply of it. It might be made from a, like a sun. It is black, actually. Onyx stone is. Yeah. There you um, go. Will knows his the, stones. Little shiny. The description there, isn't it? is the description is black and shiny. Too many big words to <laughs> convey what it is, but yeah. yeah so you any, guys should yeah. look up, look up, these look up materials. onyx stone. Yeah. yeah. Do your own, but yeah. The, so the gold is like pure in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think it comes from like a dying star. It's like mm-hmm. a really cool origin. But point is, you can't make it. You can't okay, make cool. gold. Okay. Just like God, He's just pure God mm-hmm. in Himself. Mm-hmm. Pearl is something that is very particular. It's something of life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's like Christ, right, with the crucifixion, yes. the delium. Mm-hmm. But the onyx stone. How is an onyx stone made? I mean, how, what is the origin? Is it pure? I'm just going to go out and say heat and pressure. Yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, you took the word. I, I learned that in like, remember fifth grade science class or something. Yeah. I learned about how that type of rock is made. So it's, it is heat and pressure. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those stones that's like formed underground. Like lava like, type mag- material. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. like it, it starts out like that and then, yeah, just through the, cool. yeah, sitting under the earth and getting heated, but also a lot of pressure okay. forms it into this. So what does that have to do with the spirit? Well, the spirit is the, you could say the person or the the one in the Trinity, the the per, the one mm-hmm. who transforms us. He's oh, the, so onyx stone is transformed. Yeah, yeah that's kind like, of what we're saying. Exactly. You go from the angle; it's like the transformation work of the spirit. But how would that be different than the pearl changing? That's good. I mean, I think the pearl more signifies like the redemptive aspect of. Okay, actually, no, this is really cool because I think we should skip forward okay. to this other verse that uses the same three, but it actually changes that second one. And that's in First uh, Corinthians 3. 3? Okay. Yeah. I think I do know this one. Okay. Ah. So First Corinthians 3, uh, Paul's talking about building, right? I mean, he, yeah, start, yeah. he actually starts off by... We should read, yeah, the, when he talks building first. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm flipping there currently. Oh, come on. We're old fashioned. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're, mm-hmm. we're old fashioned here at what does the Bible say about that? <laughs> we use a paper Bible. Well, you know, keeps you from distractions. So. That's true, even though my phone is sitting on my lap. <laughs> okay. Start like verse 9. Okay. Or maybe, yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the beginning of this, Paul's talking about like divisions in the church and he's talking about how we need to be one. Um, and yeah, okay. So let's just, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's filled, God's building. So right there, that's quite clear. You are God's, you are you are God's, God's building. building. Yeah. So verse 10 says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, so Paul's calling himself a builder, I laid a foundation that someone else is building upon. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. So this is really giving us some type of function in this building, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, verse 11, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is... Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day 
for the day will disclose it, sorry, disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So here, the pearl is switched with silver, right? Okay. I mean, it's, it yeah, says what is, what is that? gold, silver, precious stone. Precious stone. Yeah. So yeah. Onyx like is definitely a precious, a precious stone. stone. That's quite yeah. clear, yeah. So you have the same two in the same order there, but then the middle one is switched. Yeah, what silver. is that? I, I mean, I've heard that silver represents redemption, which is kind of mm-hmm. what we were getting with the pearl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But where do we see that in the Bible? Well, I think the best place, there's a few I can think of. There's some at the tabernacle, but the best one I think is just looking at the Lord's, like right before he's crucified, how, what was he, I mean, you remember the story of Judas, right? For and sure. him yeah. betraying him. Mm-hmm. He did it for 30 pieces of silver. Okay. I think it's in Matthew 24. Um, so the Lord's being given away or sold away was for just 30 pieces of silver, which mm-hmm. is the price of a slave back in Exodus. Anyways, the silver has something to do with Christ's redemption or with Christ's crucifixion, you could say. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has to do with his redemptive work. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really cool, though, because um, in Genesis 2... God's view and his eternal purpose, which is before the fall of man, is something of life. He wants man to enjoy him, to partake mm-hmm. of him. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in later podcasts. He wants to be like their everything and be their life, be the one they depend on. And so he's not looking to redemption as right. his eternal purpose. He's looking to them participating in all of his riches. Yeah. So in the beginning, it's pearl. It has, which is a life substance. But once the sin comes in, then the silver kind of takes the place. You don't really see pearl in, in the scriptures as you go on. But after sin is dealt with, Satan is judged, death is thrown into the lake of fire. Death and Hades actually get thrown into the lake of fire, if you didn't know that. In Revelation, pearl shows up again. Yeah, where is it at? Is it the gates? It's the gates, right. Does that mean that's that's like our way in? Yes, okay, perfect. Yes, okay. I'm glad you said that. You want to go off on that? Uh, well, I, I can, I'm kind of connecting the dots here. I've heard this a little bit before. So basically, um, I'm thinking of John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, mm-hmm. right? The truth or the reality uh, and the life. Yeah. And so if Jesus is our way basically to God, yeah. which God's presence, I think we could all agree that it's in the New Jerusalem at mm-hmm. the end of the Bible. Yep. He does mm-hmm. make that statement, I, you know, these are my people and I'll be their God. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, basically that's just our way in. Mm-hmm. If that's the gate, you enter through a gate, mm-hmm. I think that's quite yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. And so since it's through these pearls, yeah. um, if it's, I think that's, that's good. It's both redemption. I mean, how else are we going to enter in mm-hmm. to this holy of holies unless there's some type of redemption? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in, in with sin involved, it's the silver, which is how our Christ mm-hmm. was betrayed. I mean, that's how what he was sold for, mm-hmm. and silver has redemption in view. But pearl has our way into God in view, yeah. right? It's the mm-hmm. silver that brings us in, this life entrance mm-hmm. into God, which is at the beginning and the end. But it's mm-hmm. replaced in the middle with silver. It's a little confusing, yeah. but it's cool. You can trace these materials, what, Yeah, where should we go i mean from here i mean it's like okay so one one of the things that i i think is really cool because we're still in first corinthians right breaking through this well, before you go on to like the tracing the things I, I meant to mention this so the goal in the precious stones are actually in the new jerusalem too right 
they go all the way through. I mean, the pearls there at the beginning and the end, but the gold, right? The golden streets that yeah. you want, right? It's there uh, in the New Jerusalem has golden streets. And then the precious stones, there's 12 of them that overlay the wall. And so these materials that were found in the river, um, which they're flowing from God to the creature, the four, one to four, um, we talked about there, it's, um, they eventually get built up together into this structure where God dwells. But yeah, we can, I think it'd be good. To no, that's good. I mean, like, yeah, that, that all, all I was going to say was in first Corinthians, it, it's just kind of showing us, well, I, I was going to go more off of like where we, where we see it. Like, what, how do we know what, what's the point of the building? That's kind of what, what I wanted to get at. Like mm. we do see that, I mean, we're not necessarily getting into it too much, but the, the, the New Jerusalem is the end of the Bible, you know, like in yeah. and part one of this whole thing, we were talking about the bride, mm-hmm. and it, it was quite clear in, in Revelation 21 mm-hmm. that the bride is the city. I mean, they're the same thing. Yeah. And so it's like, we were looking at, one of the things that we really talked about was the application. I think that's, you know, after seeing the picture, we need to see how to apply it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like... Well, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But but sanctification was the process of the bride, mm-hmm. right? That's in Ephesians 5. So that's what I was kind of wanting to get into is yeah. like <clears throat> if if the building is the bride, which we see quite clearly that the church is the bride, yeah. we are the bride, meaning then that means also the city is us. We're the city. Yeah. And I just thought that was really interesting. I, I, we didn't get into it too much, but but basically, First Corinthians, Paul is charging the people. You know, he even sees that his function, at least to the Corinthians, mm-hmm. was to lay a foundation of Christ. So mm-hmm. basically, preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. and then from that gospel, there's something being built. And then he lists six materials, right? Mm-hmm. So the ESV says gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, mm-hmm. and then he goes on to say, all of our work is going to be tested. Yeah, and and he says through fire. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. later on down in the chapter. And so, the only three things that aren't going to get burned up are gold, silver, and precious stones. That's right. Right, the rest of them is going to get burned up. And I just thought it would be good, right, to go to to go to the beginning of the fir- the first building that we see. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. actually, it's not the first building, but the main building that we see in Exodus. Yeah, which is towards the end, and it shows God lays the blueprint for how this building is going to be. And I'll mention one thing, too. I like what you said with 1 Corinthians 3, that only three of the six materials don't get burned up. And that's really the main point in showing that the three things are represent the triune God. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that withstands the test in the end is God. Yeah, yeah. And so if we don't build, you could say, quote, build with God, if we don't and our ministering to people and our speaking, if there's not God in that, mm-hmm. if God's not the one speaking, like I read Matthew recently, it says, you know, when you put before your persecutors, don't think about what to say because it'll be God speaking in you. If it's, if this is not our way to, that we minister to people, if we don't build with God, then it'll just be burned up. Yeah. It's not worth anything. But anyways, yeah, let's yeah. go to Exodus. That'd be good. Do you, well, since Alex is with us, um, you want to go there? Sure. Yeah. So, what would you say? So, we don't want to sound like we're just some guys that are in a house that live together mm-hmm. in one of the rooms talking. But right. that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And Alex <laughs> did really just walk in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, bro. What What is? You Why know, don't you trace us? Show us God's building from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah, we'll try to fill in the gaps. <laughs> just think through it with us. Okay. Um, well, uh, I would probably would we start with. 
Uh, did you guys think about starting with the tabernacle or before that? I think there's stuff think, before that. Yeah, I, so I would probably start um, with the picture of Adam and Eve in Genesis 2. Okay, okay, we talked about this last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Well, okay, so um, the uh, in Genesis 2, when uh, God creates Adam, he mm-hmm. says that he can't find a counterpart yeah. Yeah. Uh, for her, which is like you guys talked about, um, uh, the the picture of the bride. Yeah. Um, but the word that uh, is used there when he talks about creating Eve, uh, a lot of translations say formed, made. made yeah. But if you look at how that word is translated throughout the whole Old Testament, it's actually built. And so he says, or the Bible says that Jehovah built uh, from Adam. Yeah. Uh, a woman, mm-hmm. which is a, a very peculiar very, yeah. choice of words. Right, for, very specific. Yeah, he built um, mm-hmm. a woman. And so that's kind of the picture, very similar to the oyster, kind of, where uh, if, I don't know how much you guys have gotten into Adam mm-hmm. uh, typifying Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but if Adam, with Adam typifying Christ, out from Adam, out from his rib, uh, was built Eve. Yeah. And so the building is something that comes out of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and from that is formed something that, that matches him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that would probably be the first instance of building yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think, I mean, we could, I think we could, if we got into detail on mm-hmm. every point, we could go on for like hours. That's and true. Hours. Yeah, that's true. But maybe we just like give a brief, like, sure. Let's just right. sketch it the whole okay. thing. Yeah. Let's, let's check out the tabernacle. Okay. And so, well, yeah. Well, and even before that, I mean, let's just like one on one, like, uh-huh. let's just keep going, like thinking of different instances. But there's like, also the place where, um, right. Abraham builds. Yeah. Abraham builds an altar. Altar. Um, there's the ark even before that right. being that's built. That's true. The ark. There's uh, the pillar in Jacob's We're talking uh, about Ark dream. and Noah, like Noah's, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, okay. right? Yeah, it represents the building, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's the, like you said, the tabernacle. Yeah. I really like this picture of the tabernacle um, just because it, you know, some t- we, we would think in a sense, I've heard this said, and, and you can kind of find this, a lot of people tie these in, but... Basically, that Exodus is a picture of our Christian life. Hmm. So the Israelites, right, are in slavery. They're in Egypt. They're in the world. Mm-hmm. And then how do they get saved? <clears throat> well, the first, basically, point is where they put the blood over the door. Mm-hmm. It's the blood of what? It's the blood of the lamb. Christ is considered the lamb. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this this could be our, I mean, it is. It's our salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing they do is they cross the Red Sea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in 1 Corinthians 10... Mm-hmm. He relates that to a baptism. He does, yeah. And so these are our steps of our Christian life. But the thing that I really like about this and where it, the building comes in is it gives us the purpose. It gives us the point, basically, yeah. of escaping Egypt. Hmm. Like it wasn't just a, you know, a cool thing that God wanted to do. It wasn't just an escape from slavery yeah. to be free. It, mm-hmm. This freedom for freedom, basically. You know, it was, it was actually he wanted something. We see it at the end of Exodus when the tabernacle is raised. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the blueprint, which would be really fun to get into. We don't really have time. But basically, it's all built of gold. Yeah. Most right. of it is all gold, which is the main, you know, that's the, the point of God. But anyways, the, the point is it's like that's how Exodus ends is a building being raised up. Yeah. You know, the, most people just know the famous, like, crossing the children of Israel, crossing the Red Sea. Yeah. But that's actually only 12 chapters of Exodus. 
Wow. Out of 40. That's not even the majority. Right. And so, like, anyways, I, I just really appreciate how much the building is on God's heart. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that it's the whole story of Exodus, the whole point. And it actually, you know, I, I really like that. It's like the purpose of the salvation of God is for his building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think at the very end, what I like, too, is, right, it ends with the tabernacle being erected. But then, actually, one more thing happens, and that is Jehovah the glory of Jehovah descends and yeah, fills that's it. right. It's almost Good like point. God's just in up in heaven, yeah, just waiting. like dying to get down there. Uh-huh. And it's like the moment it's erected, it's like, yeah, like just come in and fill it. Like he's just mm-hmm. longing for a place on earth where he could dwell yeah. with man. And so the moment the tabernacle is erected, he goes. Yeah. The glory you know. of Jehovah fills it. That's right. So this, yeah. What's our next, what's our next point? Well, the next point would be, the tabernacle, I mean, the tabernacle isn't the permanent residence, right? It's a mm-hmm. tabernacle for a reason. It gets right. carried around. Right. Yeah, maybe I could read a verse here in Isaiah to maybe preface the next thing that happens. Is that an okay place, or what What do you think? Well, the first, I mean, I think before the Isaiah one, you'd say the temple is next, right? Or were you going to talk about that with this? <laughs> well, that's what I was going for, but the, Cause the yeah, temple, am I getting out of order? The, well, the temple's first. So the temple, I mean, the tabernacle becomes the temple. The temple is mm-hmm. just an enlarged form, dimensions-wise. Yeah. And the temple seems like the consummate issue, you could say, of God's building. It's like now he's finally satisfied. Mm-hmm, he has right. a permanent place. But then I think you're doing Isaiah 66, right? Right, Isaiah 66, yeah. 1. So this, this verse is written after <clears throat> the temple has been built. Mm-hmm. And so this is God's estimation or his consideration of the temple, like his apparent consummate dwelling. Right, okay, so this is Isaiah 66, 1. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me, and what is the place for its rest? Other, some other translations will say, where is the house you will build for me, and where is the place of my rest? Yeah. So basically, he's just looking for, so he has he has his throne, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and he has his footstool, mm-hmm. uh, but he's looking for a house. Yeah. What or where is the house? Because yeah. that's where he's going to rest. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's looking for, yeah, go ahead. Well, so even with the temple that he has mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, He's still posing the question of, where is the house that you will build for me? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Very significant. So, yeah, yeah, a really good point to make would be the tabernacle moved around. Mm -hmm. It wasn't set. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then then the temple comes, and it is a set place, but it's still not his rest. It's still not satisfying. Yeah, Yeah, it's not restful. That's true. And so what is the next verse in Isaiah 66? Because that's actually really important. because he, he actually talks about what he's going to do about it. Yeah. He lost his place. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Verse 2. All of these things my hand has made, so that all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this one this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So God is not going to look for a physical building. He's looking for a type of man. Hmm. That's the point of that Whoa. verse. It's not about the the things that my hand has made, like physically. Good point, yeah. I'm looking for a man. Yes, for his building, he's looking for a person. Yes. You know, this is that's also interesting because there was some point in time when God rested from creation. That's right. Yeah. Right, and he only did that after man was made. Yeah. Yeah, man, God finds so, his So rest man has man. something to do with God's rest. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy to think about. And, man, and God has something to do with man's mm-hmm. rest. That'll have to be another podcast. Okay. Um, maybe we go to John. John, okay. John 1 now. 
John 114. 114, yes. So this is a pretty famous verse, right? <clears throat> I'm going to read it from a couple different versions, but uh, the ESV first. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, this basically just ties in to the tabernacle. So it says He's full of glory. We've seen His glory. Um, just cross-referencing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so right, so <clears throat> looking at the Son, the Word, the Word, which is God, which is Jesus, mm-hmm. became flesh, and then He's full of glory, which is the same thing that happened in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and another translation uh, would use the word dwelt. Mm-hmm. It will change it into tabernacle. So mm-hmm. the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and tabernacled among us. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, that is the literal yeah. translation. I mean, it's an awkward word to use. Like, that's not a mm-hmm. commonly used English word. And I think... John is the only New Testament writer who uses that word. Yeah, he uses it in Revelation too. Yes. Um, but the verb there for the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that word dwelt is literally the verb form of tabernacle. And so Jesus, and the, I mean, John is very, I mean, very particular in his issues there. He's trying to show us Jesus is the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And like he said, as the tabernacle was filled with the glory of Jehovah, so is Jesus filled with the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is the reality of the temple, right? Or of the tabernacle. Tabernacle. The tabernacle. Yeah. But also the temple. Where can we see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That's in, uh, I don't know. Next chapter. John 2? John 2. Okay. They're, they, they, they're, this is where they're marveling, right? They're marveling at the building. This is where he starts, um, oh gosh, this is where he talks about destroy this he, yeah, building, right? Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it yeah. up. Yeah, okay, cool. John two nineteen. Yeah. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Yeah. And so, and, okay, yeah, I'll keep going. Re- the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Yeah, exactly. So this is really cool. And there, there's another verse I just read recently in Matthew in my Bible reading where he says, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And so Jesus comes as the reality of the tabernacle and the temple. But I think we can go on from here and even extrapolate because he says, I'm referring to the temple of my body. Mm-hmm. And so the body of Christ, right? he's talking physically there, but I think even more so he's talking spiritually. Spiritually, yeah. Yeah, Paul, Paul has the same thought. Yeah. And this is 1 Corinthians six nineteen, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Yeah. So, I mean, the believers as the body of Christ can apply themselves to this verse even as when he says it's mm-hmm. my body. Yeah. We individually are, are a temple mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And then mm-hmm. if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse like 22, it says we are a building being fitted together mm-hmm. in, in spirit. In addition to that other verse that we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 3. Yes, exactly. You we are, are God's, God's building. building. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a huge mm-hmm. thought in the scriptures, and we can trace it to, I mean, we can look at it in many different areas. It's in First mm-hmm. Peter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all throughout Ephesians. It's growing with the growth of God. Um, but then consummately in Revelation, you have the new Jerusalem, which is the bride, right? It's the church itself. Um, mm-hmm. And so the building of God goes throughout the entire Bible. And it really is a part of God's eternal purpose. It's just another facet, another way mm-hmm. to look at it. 
Mm-hmm. What about, um, I was thinking about this. There's a verse right in First Timothy. I'm looking for it right now, but it, t- it says that we're God's house. Yeah. Referring back to Isaiah, right? 315. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm there. Okay. Yeah. If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the church is God's building. Yeah. And we today yeah. as Christians, I don't know. I, I like what you said about Exodus. It brings us back to this point. It's like when we are, after we are saved, our purpose is to build God's house. And we do that in two ways. Well, many, many ways, I guess. But the main thing is we gather more materials mm-hmm. for the house by preaching the gospel to others, continuing mm-hmm. that laying the foundation. And then we work on it being built together. Like there's a reason why the church, I mean, there's a reason why we need to be gathering together as believers. We need to be having fellowship like we're doing now. Right. Is because... God's purpose is not just to save a bunch of sinners from hell, but he, it's to join the saved sinners together mm-hmm. so that he can dwell among them, right? Where two or three are gathered, there I am. He wants to find a dwelling on earth where men are joined to one another as his house so, so he can find rest. Right. Yeah, and I think a cool, a cool application would be, um, well, you know, not I guess not to specifically just use my own experience, but... Really, I feel like when I'm with other believers, mm-hmm. you know, either praying or reading the Bible or having some type of fellowship, that there's some there's there's more to it, right? It's like you you I don't know if you want to say experience more of God, but like mm-hmm. there's something deeper that that you feel like this is my purpose, you know, or even yeah. even people that you know become a Christian, it's like, well, well, what do I do now? You know, it's like there's some sense that's like I'm not supposed to be alone. Yeah, that's you know, right. the Christian life is not something to be alone. That's mm-hmm. right, and then. I don't know, just going back to 1 Corinthians, it's like we're commissioned. Paul was so, you know, burdened for how, how we're building. We need to be careful with how we build. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's not like people that are building with the materials mm-hmm. that aren't proper. You know, that's a whole other podcast to get mm-hmm. into. But, yeah. But basically, we need to be sure that we're building with the right materials. Yes. You know? Because there's something that, that needs to be built. I mean, that's the point that mm-hmm. Paul's making. But. Yeah, exactly. I used to gather with my Christian buddies in high school, and we just, you know, play a lot of Super Smash Bros. It's like that you just gathering isn't it, right? right, right. Just going, you can say, quote unquote, going to church. Right, or going bowling. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, just yeah. having Christian friends is not it. It's like we need to seriously be enjoying uh-huh. the spirit together right. who transforms yeah. us and joins us. Well, that, that that's like the verse you talked about in Ephesians mm-hmm. 2.22. Mm-hmm. It's like we're being built and joined together, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. spirit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a spiritual matter. And even in another verse later in Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, a crucial part of this building up is every single person mm-hmm. being a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned it briefly, Reese, was the, the uh, operation of each one part yes. goes to the growth of the body, mm-hmm. of the building up of itself. Yeah. And so a crucial matter in this building is that each one of us is... Um, sharing mm-hmm. and praying and being a part of it. It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a passive thing to be part of God's building. It's yeah. it's something where all of us are very much involved. Yeah. That's good. Well maybe yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like just even just go quote unquote going to church and listening right. to a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not actively participating in right. the building, then mm-hmm. you know, you're not really participating. I mean you're not really right. being built in. So 
maybe we can stop for now. I mean, that, yeah. we've gone a little longer than usual, but um, we've got at least three more angles. Yeah, what's the next angle we're looking at? I don't know. Which one do you want to do? I, I kind of like want to go with the suns. Okay. All right, next time we'll talk about the suns. That'll Let's read good. the verse. Which one? Well, I was thinking Romans 8, 29. Well, now they know the verse. How about we just stop there and leave it as a okay. spoiler? Okay, all right. Okay. Read it. Think about it. Wait <laughs> on it. Okay. See ya.